The Beast is back and ready for season 40, excuse me? Plus, many final lots of math. Jay celebrates a little bit too soon. Ed is brilliant times two. A stalemate vote. And the final week of chaos finally lives up to its namesake. It's the challenge. Battle for a new champion. Episode 14 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in The Challenge Universe. We are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today. Coming to you on a Thursday, the day after BFank episode 14. CT is back or was back briefly for one episode to do some math. Exactly what we had all been waiting for. Am I right? We will cover that. We will cover the entire episode. A very good episode, even if the very, very end of it was a, a little bit of a dud for what has been built up. But a very good episode overall. We're coming a little day late here as I was traveling yesterday, calling in today from New Orleans and a very small uh, little closet-like telephone booth at a local co-working space here in New Orleans. So if the audio on this sounds a little echoey, a little weird, I will do my best in post to make it not sound that way, but uh, definitely is probably going to sound a little bit different with the uh, wireless mic here and uh, not recording in the best room for recording such a thing, but it is what it is, and I appreciate you dealing with uh, what may not sound as pristine as I like to think that it normally does. We are here, of course, BFank episode 14. That's what we're covering. No real programming notes to speak of other than BFank will continue the season itself and these recaps itself. Uh, there are no upcoming Wednesday nights that have any issues, I don't believe, on the recording side, so they will be back in next week and beyond to late Wednesday nights posting, so they'll be there for you on your Thursday morning to react and respond to right along with me. So that is all we got. We've got a big episode packed, packed, packed with things worth talking about. We will walk through, as always, every step of that episode, give out some awards, talk some predictions, and maybe start to really hone in the power rankings at the very end of this podcast. They're going to start to really hone in on who's actually going to win this thing. We're starting to get near that final. We think we're pretty close to that final. We definitely get some information that much needed in this episode as to who might do what in a final scenario. So definitely stick around for the end. The power rankings are really starting to actually be kind of matter in my mind of really, really, who do I think is going to walk away with that title will become the new champion that they are all battling for. So episode 14 recap, let's dive in. Here we go. We start where the episode starts, a brief house segment and a couple brief comments on said segment as most of the things worth talking about happen in the latter half of this episode, certainly. But a couple quick mentions. We open and we get Colleen thinking that Moline is working and that she is adequately playing both sides of the house. I personally disagreed with this in the moment and it ended up probably not going to matter. I would assumed in that moment, I wrote my notes, I disagree with this, going to come back to Honor. It is not because as we talked about last weekend or last week, last, yeah, last week, uh, her playing both sides wasn't really, wasn't really helping her at all. It was actually hurting her on both sides. But after we see her performance, which was not very good in the mini final, 
I think she's probably off everyone's radar and is gonna is gonna be in the final now after after what we see in the mini. I don't think anyone's gonna be too worried or too concerned. So barring a purge or anything, I think she's there. But uh, regardless, while it might not come back to haunt her, I do think the strategy, the Moline strategy, isn't actually working. But I still really enjoy her, so I'm glad that uh, she's got something to feel good about. Now we've got a soft who then thinks he has something to feel good about as well. He and Jay have a conversation. They're talking how good of a game they've played, you know, how Jay learned from Michelle last season to maybe like not be as messy or keep his mouth shut when he wants to get, you know, up and really, really stir the pot, really cause some chaos. And Asaf says, has the audacity to say that he and Jay deserve Emmys for the moves they've been making. And it's, it's like something no one's ever done in the show before. And I about fell out of my seat, legitimately, absolutely in this co-working space. And I'm recording in now a different seat, not in this room, but out in the common area. I almost fell off my seat. I I, I stifled the laughter because I didn't want all these random people to be like, who is this new guy that just showed up and sits over in the corner and is, is falling down laughing at whatever is going on on his computer? But it almost happened. This is probably one of the dumbest things that's ever been said in the Challenge House. And a lot of dumb things have been said in Challenge Houses over the years. I like Asaf as a character. I like him as a person off the show. I think he, he clearly seems to be a, a very good person and an awesome guy. But this comment, my goodness. Um, yeah. The confidence to say that the moves they've been making have never been done before when like they haven't really been making moves. They just had the biggest alliance and they've mostly stuck to it. And they've, yes, that they can be proud, I guess, or whatever, or feel good that they've convinced <laughs> a lot of people to do the things they want to do. That is impressive, but that happens on every single season. And this version of it isn't some, like it was a lot of really good friends in one in one group at the beginning. And it's been quite easy and people keep winning eliminations and not going home. And so you can continue saying the same people, which makes it even easier. You don't even have to like work your way down the list. So yeah, uh, couldn't have been further from the truth, but I love the confidence. It gave me a good laugh, so thanks for that. And then finally, Michelle, she's getting nervous about the growing animosity. It's about time she realizes that. She does have the smart realization, you know, like this format's actually kind of screwing us over a little bit because the more we vote them in, the slowly but sure, like those people keep coming back. Like we don't even get to get rid of one of the people. And so with each passing week, it seems like they get add, even the voting the same people in, they add one more person to, who is upset with them now and who is slowly going to the other side. And that obviously comes back to bite them by the end of the episode, a little bit, at least we won't get to talk about it later. So I will hit it now on Michelle. She, you know, later in the episode is bummed that, you know, her moves are tied to Jay so tightly and that him bothering Norris in Olivia means Olivia and Norris are kind of at odds with her now. And she's like, this is bullshit. Like, I don't, I don't want to be tied to his moves. I haven't done anything wrong. I get that feeling. I'm empathetic to the feeling of like, I haven't done anything yet. I have actually supported you, but in like, so don't, don't say whatever he does is on me. That seems unfair. It may be in the real world, but in the challenge house, like you and Jay did come in together. You have made all the decisions together. You have defended each other at every moment. And you are the leaders of this alliance that they were a part of and that they've slowly been pushed out of a little bit or made to realize it is you two at the top and then everyone else. And maybe we don't like that. And so your moves are tied together. That's how that's how it is. You are accountable for Jay's moves. He is accountable for your moves in this game. And it's going to take a lot more than one conversation with your friends to separate that. 
And uh, yeah, so I, you know, I get what where the frustration is coming from in her point, but that's just a part of the challenge house. You're tied to your biggest allies. What they do, you do, no matter what. So it is what it is. Michelle uh, and Jay are definitely starting to be on the hot seat. Then we go to the daily challenge, the mini final, as uh, told to us last week in the preview that we would be getting. Love a mini final. Love getting to see how everyone does. And I mostly love this version of the mini final. I would have liked to know the distance they ran. That would be a good a good barometer to have. It was kind of hard to tell how far they actually ran during this. So, you know, that makes a big difference for me when I'm judging how would someone do in a final where we know they're going to be running. You know, a lot of miles uh, are going to be ran, biked, kayaked, some, some form of all of those, swam, something of that nature. So I would have loved to see that. And I would maybe like to see them get in the water, even if it was brief. I thought that third checkpoint next to the water, I thought it was going to be like swim out and around to like some cove. Would have liked them just to have to get in the water, even if it was small, even if it was brief. The the site was beautiful. The, the Croatia is proving to be a really good spot to, that they potentially can keep going back to and back to um, if they can find a different house now and again to go to. But beautiful locale. Would have liked to see them get in the water. Would have liked to know the distance. But otherwise... Loved, loved, loved this. Loved that it was two really hard puzzles. That was the best part. I really enjoy that it wasn't just one real hard puzzle at the end. It was two hard puzzles at the end, back to back. Liked that, kind of equalized it out. It was basically like, can you run? Okay, check. Then the real challenge is the puzzles. Loved it. The saw thing also, we'll shout out, is inventive. I also enjoyed that. Um, it was kind of alarming that Colleen struggled with that. Um, it did seem like once everyone kind of learned the strategy of like pull against it and down and, you know, just go back and forth until it breaks. It seemed like everyone should have got that in kind of similar fashion, but really inventive, really cool. Enjoyed that. Corey and Narice were the two kind of standouts. I was tracking people's confessionals as much because... You know, you could tell when a Colleen is like, okay, she's not doing so good in this. She struggles at this thing. She falls down on the running over here. Not great. But it was kind of hard to tell who's doing well in the team format. And again, and kind of only seeing glimpses of them running. So I took the confessionals very seriously. And, you know, Corey and Norris were the two standouts who said in confessionals, like, I'm good with the running. This is great. I'm, you know, getting to do this. It's good. It's no problem. If that's true, if that's not just like bravado or bluster coming from them, but it's actually like, no, like you guys haven't seen it yet, but like I can run, no problem. Not worried about the running part of the final. Then that's good to know as far as their prospects go for a final. Now we get to what really matters here. Ed. Ed's brilliant. My guy, as usual, just he's so great. He's so great. And he's so obviously freaking brilliant and smart. This is only part one. This is a two-parter in this podcast. Ed's brilliance, part one, is displayed during the daily challenge. They get last, they're in last going into the, you know, how many squares multiply by 39, and that's your lockbox answer. He does the very smart strategy, just immediately like, hey, kind of guesstimate what it what are we confident? Like this isn't like three squares. Like we're confident it's at least X number. Cool. Don't worry about counting those start with multiples of 39 and just go one at a time. It's going to be a lot faster to just put one number in at a time over and over until one of them is right versus spending all the time recounting squares just to be wrong, to recount squares to just be wrong. So it's brilliant. And it's why they so clearly they get there. Well, it's not that just they're in last, they're pretty far behind and they just get through that so quickly. And now they're in first. So brilliant move by him. 
you know when afterwards the producers are gonna have to get together and be like, are we gonna have, we're gonna have to add a new rule if we ever do this again? Because if they do this again, there's gonna have to be like, you only get X amount of guesses, otherwise it's this time penalty or whatever because of this. Or if not, everyone should use this strategy every time in a scenario such as this. So you know when you've put that question on the producer's plate that you've done something really smart, then they get to the final of the final puzzle of the mini final. Michelle Survivor callback. Love that. That was super fun. And we just had that same puzzle that she calls back to on the recent Survivor season in the same spot in the final five, final six, one of the two. Um, so and was memorable in that. So it was cool getting to see that callback, getting to see them use this style of game. But you know what was more fun? Jay celebrating too soon and Kylan getting to dunk on him. Okay. I am not like out your anti J the way a lot of the audience seems to be at this point. That's fine. I'm, I'm it's, it takes a lot for me to be anti anyone as you longtime listeners of the show have realized at this point. Uh, I don't, I like rooting for people. I'm not, a, I don't really, it takes a lot for me to root against someone, but that doesn't mean that I don't revel in a moment where the person who's been running the house, who's been given hell, who's been in the last episode. And then this one, act in a certain way, a certain confident bravado kind of aggro way towards another group of people and another individual in Kylan in particular has this moment, thinks he's one, thinks, you know, I'm going to get to send them in again. And not only has that moment, but celebrates it and celebrates it kind of a lot really fast. And then TJ says it's incorrect. And then Kylan immediately gets it and boom, tables turned just like that. I mean, that's just great television. Are you kidding me? So while I'm not anti-J, you know, I am pro Kylan, love Kylan to death. So I just felt amazing. And that's just, that's just, that's cinema, baby. That's just so good what we got to see right there. They then pick Horacio, which is expected with that group. You know, Kylan was going to be fighting an uphill battle and he rightly and thankfully Horacio also smartly and rightly kind of sees like, hey, you know what? One, what what's the what's the best thing that could have happened here if if kylan would have fought like hell and somehow convinced these other three people who were obviously going to throw me in to say someone else the only result is then that the rest of the house is going to put me in so i'm there either way and now the rest of the house is it doesn't get to be divided because they could just all get to say my name so it is actually the best scenario possible that hey put horacio in and guess what there's no one left to james kylan horacio are already off the board have to vote for one of your own. And that's exactly where we've been hoping to get to. It just took us a while to get here, but we have finally gotten there. The chaos can finally ensue. Then we've got the nominations. We're skip some of the house stuff here. It's, it's really just about the vote and how they get to the stalemate vote and who they vote for. I am not sure how Corey and Asaf stay out of consideration. Clearly, Corey has done more behind the scenes, and we just, you know, haven't had the airtime to show the how he's gotten so tightly back in that he's he's not a consideration here it's manuel and ed are the are the quote-unquote disposable ones kind of the bottom of the rung here of this alliance that they're all going to pick between asaf Corey, and jay of course are you know off the table for this group ed clearly maybe has done much less than we thought like we've known you know he's been loyal he's voted with them every time he's you know never you know he's been flirted with in the is the political version of flirted with like would you come over to the side would you do this that and he's had the fun moments like with big t of being like 
I'll let you do what make whatever funny TV moment right now. But the answer is no, I'm voting for you. He's been loyal. He's been fun to hang out with, but clearly he hasn't like built the bonds or the tight alliance to move up that ladder and kind of get himself above a Corey or an Asaf or an Emmanuel. And so he finds himself at the bottom and it's between those two. They do the nominations. They come to a stalemate. And first and foremost, the stalemate is amazing. Fantastic television. Loved it. And I couldn't believe how we got to it and how great it was how we got to it. Okay. First, can't it gets the six, six. We'll just, we'll skip ahead to the part. It's six to six and they realize it's tie and they decide like, let's converse a little bit more and then let's have a revote and see if we can change anything here. I've got to assume there's a producer at some point telling them like, you know, this doesn't get to take all day. This doesn't get to be like 10 votes or whatever, like kind of giving them a structure once they tie in some maybe little guidance of like, okay, you guys take as long as you want, but then you're going to vote one more in like the next vote is it like it's, it's locked in then there's no voting. And if it's tie again, and someone's like, ah, oh, screw it, I'll, I'll change my vote. No one this evening can be like, you know what? I changed my vote. None of that. So there's gotta be a producer telling them what's up on the side, but can Michelle and Jay just, why can't they just say, okay, fuck it. We'll vote Emmanuel. Why is he so much more necessary to them than Ed? And like, if the choice comes down to like, okay, that other group isn't budging, they're willing to stalemate. It's either we switch our votes and say Emmanuel, or it's chaos. And we probably assume what ends up happening, which I think was the safe assumption of he's TJ's just going to give the person the chaos stick. Why can't they just be the ones that say Emmanuel and say, hey, I'm sorry, man. Like, I don't want to put myself in jeopardy. So that's thing number one. We'll come back to that later. Corey burns his vote. He's the first one that says, I'm willing to flip it. I'll I'll burn a vote and basically by burning vote, sorry, Emmanuel, you're going in, which why is why probably just say Emmanuel's name. I I would say if I'm him in that instance, like the burn vote thing, I feel like looks worse than actually just saying Emmanuel. Cause either way, you're, you know, in that instance, when you change your vote, you're saying, Emmanuel, I'm kind of I'm okay with you going in. I'm will I'm one of the ones on that was voting with you, and I'm the first person that says I'm willing to change my vote. So at that point, just say Emmanuel, probably either way, it's not, it's not a good situation. You, you're the one folding in your alliance, but, uh, if you're going to do that, at least maybe do it defiantly. I don't know. Not a good situation either way. Ed though, then comes over the top and is like, no, 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 let me actually cause some real chaos here. And this is Ed's brilliant part two of the podcast. He could just send in Emmanuel. And instead he chooses to not vote for Emmanuel and to just randomly vote for Jay so that it could be a tie. And you see him think it through quickly in the moment of like, it's tied on the last vote. I vote for him. He goes in or I don't vote for him and it's a tie still. And maybe I would like it to be a tie. And that's what he chooses to do, which is at first seems absurd. Seems absurd. You're like, what, what, what do you mean? You just won the revote that you got someone to flip and come to your side. Like you won. And then you're just like, no, 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 no. We want it to be tied, which is after more thought, absolutely brilliant. Okay. And here's why. This is master, masterful stuff from Ed. Now, he assumes in that moment, he does a little bit of calculation. He assumes, hey, stalemate, it's some form of chaos. It's some form of TJ picks. Or in this instance, based on what we've seen, I would think everyone in the house understood that like the stalemate probably just means that they get the, the opponent, the champion gets to pick. And in Ed's mind, he's like, I don't have any real reason why any of the champions coming in would pick me. I would have a pretty low probability if that is the outcome of this stalemate is all of us are up for grabs. 
Well, out of the five of us or six of us, whatever it is that are up for grabs, I'm probably as low a probability of getting chosen as anyone in that group. There's still a little risk. Certainly it's not zero, but it's a pretty low risk. And in what I get for taking that risk is one, a man well owes me because I just saved him. I literally saved him when I had no reason to. When everyone else is like, you have no reason to do this, I saved you. His alliance now has to come and apologize to him for voting for him, and he gets to hold that against them. Or he can go to the other side, who is now endeared to him for causing this chaos in the first place. Yes, he didn't vote for the person and send it a man well, which was what they were trying to do, but he kind of did one better. He was like, hey, all of you, the three main guys on the other side, Kylan, Tarasio, and James, you're safe in this, more or less. Tarasio, I'm actually making you safer by just giving the chaos stick to whoever. And so now you're kind of endeared to me. I said Jay's name. I made him get all pissed. I kind of blew up this other alliance for you. They have to apologize to me. You like me. Emmanuel's my new number one. It's it's brilliant. He gets a lot out of it for a very small risk. And uh, I think it was a calculated risk. I think it was smart. And I think he was ready maybe just to also like us viewers, I think had maybe had us in mind of like, this is going to be more fun and I'm here to have some fun. So let's do it. Love it. Ed's the best. I'm so glad that I was, you know, had, had the foresight to just be an Ed stand before we've been given episode after episode, reason after reason to be big fans of Ed. Then we get to the arena. And of course, as we've known for weeks, We've been waiting. CT is here. And the stalemate means CT gets to pick. So that is how and that is why in all the previews we've seen of him, you know, walking out with the chaos stick. And we've kind of jokingly on the pod, off the pod, been like, you know, I guess they're just going to CT's last. They're just going to let him pick. Like, they're just going to be like, no, no draw. You get to pick. But instead, the cast themselves actually got to do that. So no chicanery from production. Just... A, a poor move by the cast of allowing that to happen and not uh, making it a hundred percent chance CT gets to pick versus the 33% chance, even though at 30, I mean, probably was a hundred percent. Anyways, he probably would have picked it. And for those listening, that was some air quotes around picked it uh, anyways there, but his entrance was great. Really enjoyed it. Love seeing CT. Obviously that's fantastic. He then gives Horacio the pass and kind of the credit of like, you know, you're in the shoes I was in, you're the big threat, everyone doesn't want to see you. I went home right before final one too many times. I'm going to give you that pass. Love also that he calls him kiddo throughout this. I think he drops two kiddos during his little speech to Horacio. So that moment, fantastic, you know, game sees game, love it. He then has to pick and he gives Jay the pass, which I thought was an interesting choice of just, you know, was it's kind of the honorable thing to do in a way of being like, hey, like, you know, yeah, I want you beat me, and but like you beat me straight up, and like good for you. Like I'm not mad at you for it, and because if you do remember, and as they allude to in it, Jay was in that elimination versus CT because he was chosen to go against by CT against CT. So CT being, you know, the like, yeah, I, you didn't do anything other than get called in to go in an elimination versus me, and you beat me. So you know, no animosity there. And so then he goes with the sock, who he says he knows the least. They were on Total Madness together for all of, you know, two days. Um, they, you know, Asaf goes home in the first elimination that season. Jay beats CT, and I believe that was the second elimination, the second male elimination of the season, so third total of the season. So he knows Asaf the least, he says, and picks him. It's an interesting choice, but after the, like, not saying I want to beat Jay because you beat me, he doesn't have a reason to pick any of these other people. Like, he was also 
you know, briefly on Spies, Lies, and Allies with Ed and Corey and Emmanuel, or I guess not that briefly for Ed and Emmanuel were there a decent length of time. Corey was, and Corey was still there. Like he, he didn't go home like first or second or anything. So yeah, he was in a house longer with those people. He has a little bit more of a relationship to go off of. So he picks this up and there's no one, you know, there's no, he should have picked this one. He shouldn't have picked this one. It's just kind of like he had to make a pick between people that weren't a lot of interesting options as far as the background or the story of why CT would pick them. So it is what it is. Jay is then pissed at Norris. He, you know, shuns the hug. And before this, at the house and here in Elimination, he's pissed at Norris specifically and a little bit Olivia, mostly Norris. Those two are the ones catching all of his eye back at the house and here in Elimination. And I don't understand that. Kind of glossed over this to talk about it here instead of back talking nominations last segment. But Jay could have just changed his vote. This isn't like if him being like, this is Norris's fault and maybe a little bit Olivia, but mostly this is Norris's fault. I'm going to blame the two women over there for choosing the other side, for abandoning our alliance. When you could have just changed your vote and Emmanuel could go in, where Ed could have not changed his vote after you voted for him in, but you know, could have just been like, yeah, Emmanuel's going to go in and not pull the stunt he did. Corey could have not burned and, you know, and said and kind of left it up to begin with to kind of kick things off. Like he could be upset with all of the guys basically of like, what, why didn't we figure this out amongst ourselves? Why didn't we kind of just actually get together and pick whatever. And instead he's just only mad at Norris and Olivia. And it, it's, it's a tough look. It's a tough look um, for Jay. Certainly He's going to now be fully isolated, it feels like, for the rest of the season. Like, it's him and Michelle. Basically, like he's, uh, I would assume Michelle still got his back, even if she's going to be like, it's annoying that everyone hates me now because of you, but, like, I still got your back. But he's going to kind of be fully isolated at this point. Let's get to the game itself that they play in the arena. It's pretty lame. I'll say it. Uh, we, you know, push away around a circle, which does is really hard and shout out to Asaf for doing really, really well with 250 pound rolling it around over those little things is difficult, but ultimately they do it sim in similar time. And so this is just who can solve one math equation quicker between CT and Asaf. And that's not what we waited 14 weeks to watch CT do. Now, same argument as the entire season. We've reiterated over and over. You can't you can't give CT a hall brawl and it's like, well, that's super unfair for the person that has to go against him. And so you kind of have to make it 50, 50. And then the fans are a little upset. There's no good answer here, but there is certainly better answers for what is CT going to do in his one appearance than stand still and do a math equation. That's not like get him moving around, get him doing something, get him running back and forth, at least getting to like lift stuff, move stuff. I don't know. But literally standing still and doing a math problem is the last thing that we need to see CT doing. And so, yeah, they they really kind of butchered this at the last second, I feel like. And as for the game itself and the math problem itself, I say this as someone who is not a math wizard at all. I'm not, this is not me being like, this, this should be easy, math's easy, whatever. It is not. I was a good at math in high school 15 years ago. And that was the last my math skills, you know, I'm sure have dwindled since or whatever. So not saying this is some whiz or anything, saying this as the person who was like, got a B plus in math in high school and looked at this and was like, this is easy. Like, this is really easy. <laughs> this problem is not hard. Kind of at all. I, I had it. So I had to like, it just needs to be three times 13. 
solve very quickly and like find the two numbers that get you to three and put the 13 in the last spot and boom, you're good. It seemed really easily. So I don't know, maybe that's just me. Maybe, maybe this is just, you know, me sitting on my couch. It's easy in the moment. It would have been incredibly difficult, but I need to know how long it took them. I need to know. Maybe this actually didn't went really, really fast and they just made it, dragged it out. Maybe CT had this done in seconds. Who knows? Ed would have spoke this. I do know that regardless of how fast CT did this, I think Ed would have easily kept up with him on the move in the log thing and then would have got the math thing very, very quickly because as we've now seen, he's very, very good at the math and was trying to... I, he wasn't great at giving advice though for Asaf because at first when they were trying to explain what a prime number is, it's like that part doesn't actually matter, buddy. <laughs> like, just tell me what numbers he got down there and I'll do the equation for you. I don't need to explain what a prime number is to you. I found that very, very funny. But in retrospect, as much fun as the stalemate was, if Ed would have ended up in here, then my guy would have probably beaten CT and get to say he beat CT on his resume. And that's really great. His target would have been bigger. That would have been good. So retroactively, though, I was like, I kind of almost wish Ed was in there and would have got to beat CT, but he remains safe, and that's all I care about. So I left that. Asaf does not. Asaf is gone. I do like that he said, you know, got to realize that he deserved to be there. That clearly was weighing on him in a big way of like, I only got one shot at this, and I was barely there, and then they didn't call me back. And, you know, that definitely is a confidence, you know, breaker and so him getting to get that confidence back i'm glad to see that i hope he's on more seasons i do find him to be an interesting character and an entertaining character whether you're rooting for against laughing at him at times as the ridiculous statement at the beginning of this episode and i was or uh you know laughing with him at something he has said or done i think he's good for the channel house i hope he gets called again i'm glad uh that he did get the call for this one and speaking of getting calls for seasons we know one person that is getting called for next season because CT references season 40 twice to TJ. And I couldn't believe that the producers left that in there and the editing crew was like down to leave that in there. I'm glad they did. I love CT for doing it of like, just, you know, getting ready for season 40, TJ. You know, season 40 coming up. All of us champs going to get together and get to whoop some ass. It's going to be great. So love that. Glad he'll be answering the call. Bye to his soft. Hello, next season to CT coming back to our screens. Now we've got our awards, as always, quote, moment, MVP. As for a quote, there's really only one that's going to win, but I'll give two other nominees here as well. Asaf, quote, good morning, Nerese. You're not here to find love. You're here to find money. Remember, Fantastic Four were the heroes in this game, friends over winning this game. What do you prefer? I really liked that. I just like the good morning, Nerese. You know, that I like that part. Jay, then, in the sneaky quote, which is I'm also – kind of was surprised that the editors left this in there. Uh, we get a tiny behind the scenes moment in a way when he's all bad at Olivia and Nerese in the bedroom. And at the very end of it, you might not even have caught it as they cut to commercial. But the last thing he says is, thank you so much. They just asked me what airport I'm going to. So thanks for that. And then it like goes to commercial. I was like, damn, okay. But like, yeah, they like check in with people who are vulnerable. Like, hey, if you do have to go home, where are we going to send you? So it was a fun quote. It was a fun argument. And it was a fun little behind the scenes nugget of like things that go on. And definitely, yeah, shakes your confidence if you're Jay of like, what? why the fuck are you asking me? Like, what, what's about to happen here? Like that. But the winner of quote of the week goes to TJ himself. Quote, a stalemate takes the game out of your hands and puts the game in these hands, which is the worst possible thing you could ever do. There's a beast of a challenge champ waiting to destroy you. Why would you have me make a decision for you? End quote. 
TJ monologues are almost always very, very good. This one was fantastic. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Loved him looking at his own hands as he said, why would you give it in these hands? TJ wins quote of the week, best moment. Um, Asaf conducting his team like an orchestra, doing the saw part of the uh, Daily Challenge like that. Michelle Nerasio's icy conversation at Magnus, the club. We get the club name this week. It's Magnus is the club that they rent out and go to, which was one of the worst club segments we've had in a while, and that's saying something. But this conversation between them and Nerasio just not giving her anything back is fantastic. And just, you know, shout out to Michelle for keep, she keeps trying. She keeps trying, even if she's going to get it shut down right to her face. The stalemate vote, of course, was great. CT saying Horacio, you know, is similar to him, calling him kiddo. That was all great. Narisa J's attempted hug, the push-off that wasn't a push-off. Loved that. But I'm giving the moment of the episode. I've, I've never done this, but we're going off of the screen and onto the other screen, dual screen action here. We're going Narisa's Twitter feed for the moment of the episode because the most fun I had this whole episode, which was good and I had a lot of fun with, was reading all of Narisa's tweets about this episode. If you if you're not if you're not on a Twitter, good for you. You shouldn't probably be, but if you are and you haven't, like this this cast in general and all of the cast members that are left right now, very active, spilling a lot of good tea talking a lot of shit, really, really, really going at each other after the fact. And so uh, I can only imagine the reunion they filmed last week was fantastic. I'm looking forward to that. Narisa's Twitter feed, though, really enjoyed the things I learned and the shit talking that went down and uh, everything else. So she gets the moment of the episode for that. As for episode at MVP, CT did his job. He was very entertaining, even when standing still doing math. He gets the honorable mention. That is the most that the champion can get via my made up rules for MVP of the episodes this season. Michelle and Olivia tie for fifth, Jay fourth, Kylan third, Ed second, Darice MVP. Liked everything she was doing this episode. There wasn't really one person like standout, standout, clear cut. But of that batch, I give it to Darice. Now for the power rankings and the predictions. There's really not predictions. Let's let's just say those quickly first, and then we'll come around to the power rankings. The predictions here, now that we're going into the conquest, I believe they called it, stage of the game, individual game from here on out, TJ says, which I hope means individual dailies. And if that's the case, Horacio and Zara about to start taking names in the dailies, and Jay and Michelle about to be in kind of nightmare scenario for the last couple of weeks when I don't, don't really see either of them winning any daily challenges at this point versus the Horacios, Kylans, Eds of the house on the men's side versus the Zaras and Ravens uh, of the house on the female side. They're going to be in a lot of trouble. Horacio and Zara are going to be sitting pretty. I think those are the kind of predictions. We still have our new kind of mid-season finalist and winners predictions that we made and they're still unscathed here. Horacio, Emmanuel, Corey, Kylan, Raven, Narice, Michelle, Colleen, Raven and Horacio as the winners, but Horacio as the one winner above all. I feel really good about these selections. I feel, you know, we haven't lost any of them yet since making them four or five weeks ago. And uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling good that if only eight made the finals, that those those are going to be the eight. We will see how it goes. I do think James is the one that's going to be missing. I think James and Colleen are are kind of like shoe-ins at this point because I don't think anyone's going to be trying to get them out um, this close, but we will see. That brings us, though, to the power rankings then. Let's do the women's side first. A little movement, but not a lot. Zara remains number one. I think she's she's potentially going to dominate the final on the female side. We'll see. Michelle moves back up to number two. 
Raven three, Olivia four, Narice five, Mariah six, Berna seven, Colleen eight. I don't think Berna, Colleen, and maybe even Mariah can win. And then the top five, it really is Zara's the best runner. And then it's like, how good are you at puzzles is kind of why there was a little shift and I moved Michelle back to two. I was kind of reminded like she is pretty good at the puzzle thing. And I still, I don't have questions of like, I don't think they're good. I just don't, I'm not a hundred percent. Are you going to be doing it with a partner, with the team on your own every time in the final? Who knows? So I got Michelle above Raven, Olivia, and Narice again, but you know, it's a, it's a mixed bag there. I, it's really just Zara's at the top. I, Colleen's at the bottom and everyone else in between is a bit of a toss up on the men's side, a little different. Ed moves into first, okay? The Kylan second, Horacio third. Those three, and Emmanuel fourth, Corey fifth, Jay sixth, James seventh, just to say all seven of them. Ed's first because of how brilliant he clearly is now on the puzzle and the math front in that he has all the other boxes checked except for, again, the endurance. But like, and, you know, it seemed fine in this mini final. We'll see. The only one that is like 100%, 100% great on the endurance in my book is Horacio. But he moves from first to third just because I'm a little nervous of like, same question I just asked on the women's side, but like, are you going to have to do these puzzles and math on your own? Are you going to have a partner? If you're lucky enough to have a partner, are you going to be lucky enough to be partnered with the right person who can help? I don't know where Horacio's puzzle game is at. So he's got to be below Ed and Kylan, who I know are got that part on lock. Uh, very good at that and seem to have all of the other boxes checked as well. And then Emmanuel and Corey, I think, have a shot, um, kind of like have penciled checks in most of their boxes when, you know, we'll, we'll maybe get to put those in pen. And when we finally get to fully see them in a final setting, if we do, and I, I, James, I cannot win, I don't think. And I'm, I'm starting to think Jay maybe is also below the line of like people I think can win. I don't know. But I, I kind of think all six of the seven guys have a shot. I kind of think like six of eight women have a shot, but I do think there are clear cut favorites in Zara on the women's side and Ed, Kylan, Horacio on the men's side. And there's a little dividing line between them and everyone else. We will see. I'm very interested to see how this the rest of the season breaks out. I'm interested to see how quickly it goes now, how many episodes there are, how the eliminations are done. Very, very, very thankful that we're going to be done with the four person teams how that we've had four of them in a row and we're not going to have that anymore. So very excited for the rest of the season. The champs are out of here. Now it is just time to truly find the next champion. So the battle truly begins at this point. We will be back, of course, to cover it all next week and every week after until the rest of the season. I thank you all for being here. Follow, subscribe, wherever you are listening. Rate, review, if possible. If you're watching on YouTube, leave some comments below. That helps in a big way, and that's a great way to interact. If you want to chat, challenge, DM at Challenge Historian on Instagram. And otherwise, love you, appreciate you. I will talk to you next week. Peace.